0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, September 15th. As always. I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Match Baseball, or just baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. Or maybe if maybe, you know, you've been watching the Padres a lot lately and you want to just watch movies and pretend the Padres don't exist. I understand because I've been secretly kind of doing the same thing myself. You could check out some of my work on those uh, topics at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, and various Play, Disgusting, Film Cred, and many more. And hopefully many more. To come. But ladies and gentlemen, of this here On Padres podcast, you can check out and follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, though, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And speaking of today's show, guys, we are are brought to you by the good old Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join uh, any of our locked on rooms. We got them for basketball. We got them for baseball. Obviously, obviously baseball. Why did I not start with baseball to start that off? Uh, Yeah. So check out one of those things. Don't know exactly which day I'll be doing mine. Friday or Saturday is probably what we're looking at. Usually around game time, just doing a little bit of watch party. So download the app for sure. Locker room. I mean, not locker room, Spotify green room, uh, changing the way we talk sports. combines locked on with room for a second there. I'm a mess already, guys. And the Padres are a mess, too. They lose yet again to the Giants last night. We're going to be covering that, giving my thoughts on that also going to quickly talk, uh, just kind of repeat what I have said on previous episodes back in the day about Denelson LeMet and his health and how it's been handled, or at least how I feel it's been handled, then going to be talking a little bit about Padres hitters and just how horrid they've been lately, and then most importantly, we're going to be talking about the title of today's episode, is it possible that Fernando Tatis Jr. still wins the MVP? Spoiler, yes, it's possible, but how how likely is it still? To this point. So, going to be giving my thoughts on all that, guys. Not the craziest episode today, but a fun one nonetheless, because honestly, I just love throwing my Padres baseball. So, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. First, let's break down the game. The Padres lose last night by a score of six to one. Granted, it is another game against a very good team, that is the San Francisco Giants. Yes, they got swept by the Dodgers, and now they've lost two out of four, potentially, hopefully, only two out of four against the Giants. Uh, in this game, Jake Arietta gets a start and he was meh as usual, which is kind of what we've come to expect three and two thirds innings, giving up three runs on five hits, walking two, striking at three. I actually, for the record, don't even think he looked all that terrible. Buster Posey hits a home run off him in the bottom of the first inning. He launches one uh, to left center, but I actually thought that it was somewhat decent hitting by Buster Posey. Don't get me wrong. He completely missed his spot. JK Harrieta, cause he's not a good pitcher, but uh, you know, I-, I actually thought that was decent hitting. Um, When it comes to Buster Posey, the only run that the Padres score is from a ground out from Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham, by the way, holy lord. Let me see. You know, I'm going to pull that stat up right now. Let me see if I can find it right now. Uh, Since it looks like, let me make sure I get this right. Since August 27th, Trent Grisham has a WRC plus of 44. For those unfamiliar with WRC+, it is a very good hitting metric to use for, you know, if you're at 100, that basically means you're an average player. And then if you're at, you know, 10-110, then you're 10% better than an average player. Like, that's really good. And then it gets better and better and better. Some of the best players in the league are on 140-150. Trent Gershom is, hold on, 56% worse than your average hitter right now. Uh, He's been atrocious. And his defense, to be honest with you, hasn't been all that incredible lately either. Granted, this is since August 27th, not a full season scale. He had that drop the other day in game one, in which the ball bounced right off of his hand. He's still a solid defender, but not a, you know, all encompassing Willie Mays, you know, Hall of Fame, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr., Abyssel Garcia over in Milwaukee type of defender. So he's been very, very bad at not getting a lot of uh flack for it. He's hitting one seventy over the stretch with a two fifty on base slugging, just two fifty five. Um just a nightmare from Trent Grisham, and it's hilarious that this is the only way that the Padres are able to score a run. You might be wondering, well, who was the pitcher for the Giants? Well, it was Anthony Descalfani, who is, in fairness, I think a good pitcher. He is a good example, ladies and gentlemen, of why baseball is just like, there are some teams that just know what they're doing and some don't. The Giants went out there and they got Descalfani, who was an absolute disaster last year, by the way. Uh, With and nine starts for the Cincinnati Reds, he goes with a 7.22 ERA in over over the course of 33 innings. This year, he's got a 3.33 ERA. And my thing is, the Giants saw a decent pitcher. Throughout his career, lifetime ERA is 4.12, but that's basically including the one Albatross 2020 year. And then they thought, let's get this guy in the cheap end. He can iron out the back of our rotation and maybe be a little bit better than that. We don't think he's 7.02 ERA bad. So they do that, and it's paid dividends for them. And in tonight's game, by the way, I should have mentioned this, six and two-thirds innings, uh, only giving up one earned run on three hits, walking one, striking out three. He's not a wipeout guy. He's not going to strike out your whole team, but he gets the job done. You know what I mean? Yesterday, the Giants beat us with their bullpen. This time, they had a really quality starter on the mound. We did not, unfortunately, which is the problem with the Padres' depth right now. And it's just i, I it's the worst, man. Like, I don't know what, like, I'm being serious, guys. I know this is like me complaining about hosting a podcast. That's not what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure out what else to sort of say. What are the solutions for this team right now? Because last night, The Mets lost, first of all, which isn't necessarily our main competition, but the Reds also lost, and the Reds are playing the Pirates right now, which is really embarrassing, Uh, but then the Padres still lose. They still find a way. The Cardinals actually won in an extra innings game against the Mets after Luis Rojas made a questionable decision of bringing in a not-so-great leader, and Jake Reed, I believe is his name, uh, and then he gave up all the game-winning runs to the Cardinals, so... Look, it was so frustrating to watch this. Manny Machado even makes an error at the end of the game throwing to first base. It's not counted as an error. It was a little bit tough of a play, but you're just so used to seeing Machado make great plays. He is able to step up there and then it ends up making the game 1 to 6 instead of 1 to 4. Not that I have any faith in the Padres making any sort of comeback whatsoever. Like it could be 1 to 2, I don't care. I don't trust them to make a comeback. Um I don't trust them to get a hit. Every I don't know about you guys, but don't you just feel like It's just constantly, like, ground out, pop fly, boom. Nothing even... It doesn't even feel like balls are hit particularly well. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like we're just getting unlucky with the batting. No, it feels like the Padres batters just stink right now. Trent Grisham, like, on the year. I mean, I really don't want to give all the, like, too much crap to Trent Grisham, but I don't think we've given enough crap to Trent Grisham for how disappointing he's really been this year uh, in a lot of ways. 243-330 slash line, which is officially much lower I mean, he's been atrocious for a while now. He had that one moment a month or so back against Colorado when we were down by three, and he hits the game-tying home run. We still lose that game because Daniel Hudson came in and was like, not so fast, Padres fans. You don't get to get excited uh, just yet. I will give up to the first batter of the game-winning home run to C.J. Krohn. But uh, Trent Grisham basically, other than that, has been bad. And I expected him to step up this year. And instead, he's regressed. He's officially regressed. Look at the slash line differences. And it's so frustrating. There isn't a guy on the Padres, man. Aside from Tatis, who we're going to talk to talk about in a little bit, but uh yeah, just another bad game for the Padres. I don't care if it's the Giants because they've been doing this against everybody. They look as bad as any team in baseball. They are get they are not paid and not constructed to be this bad. They're performing like it. And there's really not much else to say. Uh I mean, on the cherry on top, just to ruin my night, Mark Melanson comes in for an inning, gives up two or one earned run, two earned. Or oh, hold on. Sorry. Two runs, one earned uh, and only gets one out because why not? And he also walked a batter to so mess up my fantasy baseball team. I'm in the semifinals right now. I was up like six categories to none or whatever. Now I'm down by one. It's three, four, three, basically. If anyone's ever played head to head categories before in fantasy baseball. So that stinks. Uh, thanks, Mark Melanson. It's really rough. I can't even remember the last time Mark Melanson had a save opportunity. I know they had to just bring him out and just get him kind of use him at some point. But holy dear God, man. Holy Dear God, but you know what isn't something that goes to waste, something that you feel like you can always count on the green room, the Spotify green room. In fact, guys, it's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever you want to talk about. They've got rooms for you on there. You'll find fans just like you on green room to watch parties, debates, postgame breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news news or Rumors, you'll have a chance to talk with me also throughout the rest of the season. Uh, You can follow me there at Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S, and then you'll be notified when my room goes live. What I love about Green Room the most, guys, you just need to download the app, talk into your phone, and that's it. I mean, you don't need all these setups. You don't need a capture card. You don't need a webcam. It's just your phone. You download the app and you join in. It's a lot of fun. Shout out Anthony Burris, long time listener of the pod, uh, friend of the pod, I should say, as well. Uh, I always love when he joins those as well. A um, bunch of other people as well that I won't shout out right now because we're doing an ad read after all. So I can't shout out everyone in the world. We don't have time. Anyway, guys, remember to download it. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And also another sports thing that I must bring up. All right, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new update site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your fifty. I'm sorry, hundred percent welcome bonus that's double your initial posit. Uh, just for signing up, just for signing up. Just uh, don't forget though. Remember to use the promo code locked. Sorry, NFL 100. What is wrong with me today? Oh my God. Don't forget to use promo code NFL 100 when signing up for that initial deposit uh, discount from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite casino games, whatever you want covered. Uh, they've got you over at bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And also remember to use the promo code locked on bet online, your online sports book experts guys. All right, let's keep it let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling as best as we can. I want to quickly talk about something. I alluded to it with Trent Grisham. I just want to talk about the rest of the Padres hitters uh, since that that kind of somewhat arbitrary date of August 27th. I decided that because it was a Friday, and what the heck, I wanted to just go July 30th because that's the stat that's the day I've been using for a while because this team has been falling apart quite literally in every single way, with the exception of Blake Snell, uh, since the All-Star break. You know what I mean? He's the only delightful like guy who's basically stepped up. And then, of course, he has this injury that he's dealing with. But uh, since August 27th, guys, the Padres basically have two really good hitters, and then they have Eric Hosmer, who, believe it or not, has not been too bad. Let me emphasize this, because I've said it a lot. Eric Hosmer is the most frustrating issue with the Padres right now. It's between him and you, Darvish, actually. I don't know. It's actually a close call, to be honest with you, With which who is more frustrating uh, of a a player, I guess, for the Padres right now. Eric Hosmer has a WRC plus of 127 since August 27th, and that's one of the reasons he's been staying in the lineup so much. He's not very good. He's actually quite bad when you look at his season stats over the course of the year. He's still one of the bad players, but I still can at least understand why he's kept in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? It's not like guys have been outperforming, right? Jerickson profile has been doing okay, but nonetheless, it's like Adam Frazier, total bust, right? Just total, total bust. He's been a disaster and there haven't been all these, like I said, there haven't been guys forcing the issue. Hassan Kim rookie disaster as well. He can't hit for anything. He can only play defense. So, that is why Eric Hosmer's in the lineup a lot. Don't get me wrong. He's the biggest issue with the Padres outside of just the vacuum, right? Because you have to pay him all this money for so many years to come, and he's supposed to be doing a lot better than this. But just in terms of in a vacuum, how he's performing right now, not the worst. Jake Cronenworth has a WRC plus of 95 since August 27th. Uh, 244 batting average 354 on base not the worst in the world but he's not slugging the ball 317 slugging percentage then you've got will myers who has a 99 wrc plus so that little nice hot streak that will myers is enjoying hasn't really uh done all that much lately for the padres 205 289 462 slash line which is heavily bloated by the fact that he has a couple doubles and um Home runs to his name, and then you've got Trent Grisham. Like I said, that WRC plus of 44, which is disastrous. And then you've got Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., who have been carrying the Padres' offense lately. WRC pluses of 151 and 157, respectively. They've been killing it, hitting home runs, getting RBIs, and even getting some stolen bases in there as well. So they've been very solid. But just when you look at just the the totality of the team this year, I mean, oh my god. I mean, oh my God. It hasn't been uh hasn't been so great. I'm trying to load actually just the total season stats, but you guys basically get what I'm getting at. I've repeated this a lot of times, and that is that the Padres don't have anybody who can just consistently be average and make up for the fact that Tatis and Machado are performing admirably and not even more than admirably, they've been great, as mentioned with the numbers that I just mentioned there. Um, but they just can't they can't get people to step up right now. Every time the starting pitching has actually been one of the lone bright spots for the Padres, but then the bullpen has regressed dramatically with guys like Daniel Hudson, not being very good. Drew Pomerantz being after the season. So total disaster there. And also someone brought up to Nelson to me on Twitter and asked, you know, what do I think is going on? And I put that little uh, comment on Twitter. Remember to follow at LO underscore Padres on Twitter guys. Um, And basically, I said, I don't remember like the last time a star caliber pitcher was handled this way. It seems like they foregoed the Tommy John surgery. And at one point, it looked like it was working. It did. 100%. I will cop to that. It looked like it was working. They started his workload at being like one inning, two innings uh, when he came back first for the team. Uh, And hey, by the way, throwback to when they said full systems go. And then he lasted one inning and they had to take him out with forearm tightness. Just saying, just saying when it comes to the future of this team. Uh, are we sure that we're all that confident that Mike Clevenger is going to come back next year and not just be a total disaster and that the same thing won't just happen to him? This is organizational, in my opinion. There's going to be a whole lot of overhaul in the offseason. I just took off my jacket because they, they don't even... I usually, for everybody who knows, on the YouTube show, I like to wear a, d- a different shirt to, to, to mix up the aesthetic, right? But now I'm just like, what the heck? They don't even deserve the, the jacket. All right, all you get is the plain white tea, and that's it. But uh, I don't have any confidence really in Mike Clevenger coming back uh, to be super healthy. He's a good pitcher, but I just don't trust the Padres whatsoever, and you shouldn't trust them either when it comes to the handling of their pitchers. Um, but now let's talk about the one thing that you can trust, which is Fernando Tatis Jr. And look, the main—I this sounds so hyperbolic, but the main thing I'm watching the Padres for is Tatis because I fear it may be the only thing that we have to hope for for the rest of the season. With all the tough games that they have coming up against San Francisco, we still got two more against them. Then we got two more series against them. Then we've got the Dodgers. Then we've got Atlanta. And then we've got the Cardinals who maybe a month and a half ago, we were looking at as being just kind of a bad team. Not bad, but like you know, mediocre is is the word for them. Uh, They're going to be good. And they're in the playoff hunt for sure. Uh, It is extremely Cardinals to not even try really at the deadline and just be like, like I, Oh, wow. Okay, cool. You guys don't want the playoff spot, New York Mets, you know, the Padres, the Reds. You guys don't want it. I guess we'll take it. What the heck, you know, why not? We might as well. Hey, maybe we'll get Jack Flaherty back and whatever. Um, Just really wild. And as I'm recording, I just get a notification from LLB saying that the Dodgers officially clinched a postseason berth. Awesome. Dope. (laughs) It's just more more good news, ladies and gentlemen. But talking about Tatis, I think with Tatis, one of the interesting things, first thing I want to mention before we um, get a little bit deeper into it is that I find that the betting odds very interesting on him. Uh, Bryce Harper is still like a plus 500 right now to win MVP. I actually think those odds are extremely low. I don't know why they're not higher. Bryce Harper has been better than Fernando Tatis Jr. lately. So I don't know. That's just some advice. Maybe go look into that. Um, But before we kind of dive a little bit deeper into Fernando Tatis Jr. and talk about him and my views on the MVP, at least as of right now, let me talk about something else that is super important that we need to dive into. God, that was a bad transition. But whatever. Let's talk about the best tasting protein bars in all of the land guys I am of course talking about built bars they are covered in 100% chocolate soft and easy to chew you know, And they've got all these different flavors from coconut to cherry barcia to raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies of cream, German chocolate, grasshopper cookie, Rocky Road, whatever. They've got all these flavors for you and new flavors popping up all the time. I imagine they're going to have some pumpkin spice toasted marshmallow fall-esque you know, flavors coming in soon. And on top of all that, guys, not only they taste good, not only they have all the flavors, they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. So what are you waiting for? Go to Built Bar and use promo code Locked15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code Locked15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And also, guys, quickly, I need to talk to you. You know about something that'll just make your life a whole lot easier. Uh, it's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It's nice and convenient. And the best part, there's no annual contract. That's right, no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's DirecTV.com. Guys, let's keep it moving once again. Look, it's hard to keep it moving these days, but let's talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. Bebo El Nino, whatever, whatever nickname you want to go with. And also, just want to quickly—I probably said this at the top of the video—Restream, which is the app that I use in order to get this beautiful face on your screens on the old YouTube, uh, has been acting a little bit weird for me lately. So I'm sorry if the quality is really buffering and all that stuff. Maybe if I stop moving too much, uh, it'll you know have a little bit better time recording. But I don't know what it has been. Maybe it's my connection. Maybe it's the Restream app. or whatever, just want to throw that out there. Let's talk about Tatis. So. When you look at the the Fangraphs leaderboards, and when you just look at the statistical stuff, we're going to talk about statistics and just narrative and the you know exterior factors and everything that kind of plays its way into winning the MVP award. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been the best, basically, offensive player in baseball this year, just as a batter. Right, one seventy one WRC plus. The thing with him, no defensive, uh, you know plus value there, I guess. Not just because he's a bad defender, but he plays a lot at DH. He plays at first base. He's not very good there, but only a 16% K rate, and despite that, he's got 45 home runs. He's got 103 RBIs, which I know isn't the be-all and all-statistic, but he's been great. Now, let's look at Bryce Harper and Fernando Tatis Jr. So, Respectively, they're very similar. All right, The difference is that Bryce Harper strikes out a whole lot less, and he walks a decent chunk more, while Tatis strikes out a whole lot more, but His advantage is that he is definitely faster. Okay, his base running prowess is great. You hit a single, that guy could score from first. Not literally, that's a little hyperbolic, but basically that's one of the things about him. So that's one of the advantages that he has. The other advantage that he has is just being 10 times more lit and cool. But in terms of right now, when you look at their slash lines, Bryce Harper is hitting 307 with a 421 um, on base percentage, 600 slugging, which is quite good. Um, 611 to be exact, exact, and a WRC plus of 170, 70 percent better than your average player. Now let's look at Fernando Tatis Jr. On the season, he's slashing 281 with a 367 on base, 626 slugging, and a WRC plus of 160, 160. So 10 points lower than Harper. Okay, this isn't an egregious, uh, you know, difference, right? And if you look at Fangraphs War, 5.7 for Harper, 5.5 for Fernando Tatis Jr. There's a couple things I want to say about this. In terms of the statistics, the only argument that I've noticed amongst people that I don't like when we're talking about the two guys who should win the MVP and whatnot, the one thing I don't like is when people bring up, well, Tatis has missed a lot of time. That is true. Don't get me wrong. That is a fair point to bring up, of course. You know what I mean? He's playing 112 games this year, but then Bryce Harper's playing 122. It's not that the extra 10 games don't matter, but let's stop acting like Bryce Harper has played all season. That That's my one gripe with the Bryce Harper narrative thing. Cause it's, I actually think that he does deserve the MVP we're going to see for sure. And the reason we're going to see is because I really think that we might be in for a genuine, like uh, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. I forgot. Um, I think we could be, In for a 2013, 2014, 2012, whenever it was type of end to the season, for those who don't remember those years, whichever one it was, the last game of the season had implications, playoff implications for like five teams in baseball. More than that, actually, probably in both the American League and the National League. It's the famous Evan Longoria walk off that people might be familiar with, especially long time or at least, you know more seasoned baseball fans might remember if you're just getting new to it. Go look that up. It's a crazy day in sports uh, history. Evan Longoria hitting a walk-off home run in game 162. And because the Red Sox lost, that literally put them in the playoffs, which was nuts. And it was so fun seeing them lose their minds. Uh, Evan Longoria, who's now playing on the Giants, uh, and he's also is still good. Uh, he actually had a couple years where he wasn't good, but now he's great with San Francisco Giants. Um, So that was really fun. I think that's what we could be... Um, in for. And I say that all to say, let's stop picking who's the MVP because it's clearly there it's clearly not um, enough of a discrepancy to say that we know for sure who's going to win it. The one that we do know, in my opinion, is Vlad Jr. versus Otani. Not because Vlad Jr. hasn't been great. He has been, might be the triple crown guy, probably going to be the triple crown guy, but literally Otani's Babe Ruth. Like, let's not overthink this. I don't care. His statistical uh, evidence is also uh, has a case for it. It's not just the narrative thing. It's not just that he's doing both, although that should be enough with the pitching and batting. I think that one's pretty much locked up. My thing is, what if Fernando Tatis Jr., who is known, Forgetting, he can go in fuego at any moment. Why can't he still win it? That's my thing, guys. But I will say, as of, uh, it was Sunday, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, um, let me check that really quickly. That Harper, entering Sunday, had six home runs in his last eight games. So Harper's been heating up. The question is going to be whether or not Tatis uh, heats up enough. And I'll also say this. My general rule of thumb when it comes to the MVP award, personally, is that, you obviously look at the stats because unlike basketball, unlike football, you can't help if your team isn't winning. You know what I mean? N- not that you can't help if your team isn't winning. You can't help make other players better. You know what I mean? It is the hardest sport for one guy to carry a team out of all of them, like by far. And football, if you're the quarterback, you can carry a team. You know what I'm saying? Go go look up Aaron Rodgers and the Packers the past bunch of years. Go look up Matthew Stafford, who's now actually on a good team now in the Rams. Go look up his numbers and all the stuff that he had to deal with in Detroit, right? Baseball, you can't necessarily do that, so you really need to put more of an emphasis on, you know, overall stats, looking at what they do for the team, what they would be without them, and et cetera, et cetera. Don't take the, you know, I've heard Bill Simmons complain about this before. Oh, yeah, Mike Chow keeps winning MVP. Oh, wow, instead of only winning 79 games, they, they you know, uh, or what is it? They, they would win 82 or whatever it is. Like, basically, they win four more games, and he's, you know. Not educated enough, I guess, on this topic to understand that that actually is a d- for one player to just give you six wins. That's pretty nuts uh, for sure, especially in a sport like baseball. So sorry, Bill, you are wrong there. So I definitely don't like those kind of lazy you know, kind of tired old man takes of being upset that just because a stacked team like the Dodgers, which is a team that I think should be the schoolhouse right from this, Max Muncie, incredible season, maybe a top ten MVP finisher. Uh, I'm just looking at him right now. Let's see where he is uh, in terms of WRC plus. He is a 143. That's really high up there, especially among National League players. Um, you got Juan Soto. He's got a 150, 59. He's been incredible, but granted. The team has just been so, so bad that it would be extremely weird to give it to him. And he hasn't been as good as the other people. But a guy like Muncie, for example, let's just say the numbers are good as soda, whatever. He's had incredible numbers. I wouldn't want to give it to him because I'm like, dude, you have like 18 all-stars on that team. You know what I'm saying? You can't actually tell me that his role played more importance than guys like Tatis and Bryce Harper. So... That's part of it to be said. My rule of thumb is if the you start with the stats and if the discrepancy isn't big enough, then I think you start bringing in the narrative stuff and looking at who is the guy people talked about more this year. Who is the guy that was part of a team that was better? Who was the guy that was part of maybe a late season push? If Tatis can, for some reason, go absolutely nuclear and help bring the Padres to the playoffs. Uh, it's it, i think that that plays a huge role even if say like i mentioned before his heart harper's wrc plus numbers are 10 points higher and his war is 0.2 points higher that in my opinion the narrative stuff in the sport of baseball should be used more as a tiebreaker not the be all and end all because then you just get into a situation where i think people are it's i'm sorry i think the information is really kind of indisputable a lot of times so as long as it isn't a nine war guy versus a 6.5, just because he had a couple more moments, then I think it goes to the nine war guy. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what's going to happen with, in the case of Shohei Otani, for example. But I would say, again, on that, this is going to be close, guys. I really think it could be a close race. Harper does look like an MVP, though, when you watch him, just because the Phillies, they lose Reese Hoskins, Aaron Knowles stinks, another guy on my fantasy team that's been bad. He's been a mess this year, super inconsistent, despite the high strikeout rate. Um, They don't really have a whole lot of other offensive guys that are stepping out on that team. At least with the Padres, you could say Manny Machado, but even then... That's kind of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the Padres' roster clearly is high, better constructed than Bryce Harper's, for sure. Not, not even close, but that's on paper. I already ranted about Trent Grisham having such a step back this year, but they still got guys like Trent, Gr- uh, Jay Cronenworth. They still got guys like, oh man, is that it? Well, by, bottom line is basically they don't have like their own, uh, no, they do have their DD Gregorius, it's Adam Frazier. So, b- this is what I'm just trying to say, guys. It's close. I think that we're in for a genuine end of season like let's see what happens and the other thing I will say is a lot of the thing that is carrying Tatis and why he's still favored and why he's still minus in the odds of Harper still plus 500 the first half of the season he was baseball without a doubt without a doubt he's still kind of his baseball it's just that the team has fallen off so dramatically that everyone's kind of just tuning out on the Padres but he is baseball do you remember first game back of the injury when he hit that home run and then they're ah, has left the building that call by Don Ursillo how excited we all were he was the story man that home run to game tying home run in which he hit and then he did that little face if you guys are watching the YouTube you could see me not even doing a like any like weird face just staring just staring at the ball for a second Don Orsillo losing his mind and it's going out to the tracks you know absolutely I, I watch that play by the way guys like once a day I'm not even kidding just to remind myself of the good times um Moments like that. You have the moments like the double home runs, the game tying home runs, the plays against the Dodgers. And it's just he had all the moments. He had the swagger. You know what I mean? Remember the home runs off of Trevor Barrow when he did the eye close thing? Then he did the little swag. Well, he was the story. He was so exciting to watch and he still is exciting to watch, even if the rest of the team is trying its best to sap that energy out of him. I think a big part of why Tatis is still in the running is because of that, is because of the first half being so unbelievably memorable. He was better than Harper in the first half, but unfortunately injuries and the fact that both teams are bad is playing a role in this. Is it possible for someone else to win the MVP? Yeah, sure. I mean, you can make a case for maybe like guys like Freddie Freeman. You can make the case that Freddie Freeman, on top of being statistically very, very good, if I'm not mistaken, unless he's randomly falling off, I'm trying to bring up the... The baseball reference here, 136 WRP plus. Yeah, 295, 390, 509. He's been really, really good. Defensively, though, minus 11.9 defensive rating. Freddie Freeman, what are you doing, man? What are you, Eric Hosmer? Are you taking notes from him now? Uh, that's not great. But um, overall, when it comes to Freddie Freeman, you can make the case. Losing Acuna, losing Ozzy Albies, Mike Soroka suffering setback, Max Free not being very good. You can make an argument that he was that consistent thing for them. Star... All year, and they could still maybe make the playoffs, I think. Unless I'm missing something. I haven't heard anything about Atlanta lately. Am I wiling out right now? Let me see. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. The Braves. Yeah, the Braves lead the NL East. Okay, good. Just making sure. Just making sure. Yeah, they still lead the NL East by four games. So you can make a case for Freddie Freeman. I'm just saying, if one of those guys goes nuts, Freeman, all these guys, I think it could happen. The only thing I will say, don't give it to the Dodgers. They're stacked. And it's also whack. Come on. Let's not do that. Their team's stacked. I don't care. Oh, Trey Turner. I don't. They don't even need him, bro. They have Corey Seager. Like, relax. They're still going to win the same amount of games. They're just that stacked of a team. That's a credit to them. It's a credit to them. But I think it's very similar. It reminds me too in the NBA when people were saying should Kevin Durant win the MVP when he was on Golden State. Like, are you kidding me? They literally won seventy three games without him. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Why are we acting? It still helps them tremendously. And he might be one of the reasons that decides a playoff series win in terms of regular season. Miss me with that. Miss me with that, guys. But don't miss me with all the advice you can get, guys. From Locked On Bets, betting on the MVP, betting on the Padres. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you go. Guys, in terms of the future of this podcast, going to be talking with Ben Kaspic On tomorrow's podcast, host of the Lockdown Giants pod, Um, he's great. Going to do a little bit of a crossover there. That should be a lot of fun. And then on Friday, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. Maybe talk about old Padres players that are now just flourishing elsewhere. Guys like Ty France, Cal Quantrill, uh, Jorge Mateo. Talking a little bit about Eric Hosmer because I imagine between now and then he'll make another mistake and Padres sort of will lose their mind. Talking about him. And of course, like I said, at the very beginning of this MVP discussion, my thoughts are going to evolve as time changes. You know what I mean. But as of right now, that's how I feel. Is that it's just going to be really, really close. I think you give it to Harper, but still, it's very, 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 very close. If Tatis just has a scorching hot week, it's possible, man. It's possible. And like I said, Freddie Freeman, don't sleep on him either. So that should be really, really interesting. Uh, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed my thoughts on all that. And with that all being said, that and enough. That is. Ah, God, I'm so bad today with today's podcast. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast, guys. I would greatly appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at JavitPeno, J-A-V i-i-p-e-n-o subscribe to the youtube of course just launched that it's reinvigorated my energy quite a lot i hope you guys are enjoying the videos as much as i am uh, making them and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care